Hi, I'm Mary Dobrovolsky. I'm a partner with Barrett Partners and uh, I lead our placemaking regeneration and partnerships practice here. Um, so back in 2019, Oxford City Council asked me if I could find their new executive uh, director of development, which was a new role. Uh, and they gave me a very, very clear brief that they wanted me to identify and attract, uh, in their own words, the brightest and uh, most talented up and coming candidates within the sector. Um, and that was how I came across Tom Bridgman. Um, who applied for that role following a career in the public and the private sectors and uh, and was appointed. Um, so three years and a global pandemic later, I was really delighted to catch up with Tom. Um, I was really keen to hear from him around how Oxford had been impacted, but more importantly, was recovering from the pandemic and what the future had in store for Oxford. Um, I was interested as well to get Tom's perspective on Oxford, um, which is a city many people might take a view on, um, but possibly don't really know. Um, and also really keen to hear from Tom about his own career, having made what was his first step up into an executive director role, um, about how his career in the public and the private sectors, having worked in both uh, location specific and national roles, had prepared him for that transition and uh, any advice that he might have for people considering a similar move. So uh, I hope you enjoy this session. It was fantastic to record it and thank you. Tom, uh, Oxford is one of those cities that many people will have an external perception on that isn't necessarily an accurate one um, or the reality. So how how would you describe Oxford? Uh, how would you describe the city and its community as a place? Yeah, well, I mean, it's definitely not just about the university, medieval architecture and, and the visitor economy. Um, I mean, it's a it's a proper city. I mean, it's uh, big enough to kind of have its own sense of culture and identity um, uh, and, you know, its own issues uh, and difficulties. But it's also small enough to kind of to be able to walk and cycle around. Uh, it's got a real sense of kind of that human scale of a place, which I really, really love. Uh, and so you can get to know it and you can get to know, you know, all of its um, different communities relatively quickly uh, as a city. Um, and I think, you know, coming from Coming from a profession, coming from a professional background, where I've always worked in London. It's lovely to work, you know, like in a city with edges, you know, rather than just a piece of a jigsaw. So you know, it's got it's got it's got the full the full gamut, which I which I which I really like. Um, I, I mean, it's a you know, again, this it's it's a city with with you know relatively diverse kind of economy. You know, you will know about you know the sort of science and tech and all the stuff around the university, but it's also got a really strong manufacturing base, not least with BMW and the the home of the the electric mini, but also uh, Unipar and, and and other kind of logistics firms. So, yeah, I, I mean it's a, and, a, and a thriving kind of cultural sector as well. So you know it's mm -hmm. a, it's, it's, a, it's a really exciting uh, place, uh, and and I think it's also an incredibly welcoming place. It's got um you know uh, a really active and vibrant third sector community groups, social enterprises. Um, and you know they they're really accessible. They're they're not they're not backward in coming forward in terms of wanting to talk to you about uh, about what what's best for the city, and that that creates a really fantastic environment to work within. Um, but as I say, I mean it's it's you know as with as with uh, you know proper cities, it's, it comes with its issues. It's uh, you know inequality, congestion, uh, unaffordability, you know you know unaffordable unaffordability mm -hmm. both in terms of um, uh, housing, but also in terms of workspace, uh, and so you know, real, some real, real challenges. 
But I think the, the thing that really excites me is that um, it's quite a untapped potential from my perspective. Lots of opportunities to make it better. I mean, if you look across its amenities, the kind of range of workspace that I think uh, Oxford could accommodate but doesn't yet, uh, the obvious need for more housing. Um, and then I think also around public spaces and, you know, network of good quality public realm and streets. I think Oxford's fantastic if you're looking from the kind of uh, from, I don't know, waste upwards, but actually it's public realm and it's lack of places to dwell and sit, especially in the city centre, I think are real, you know, they're problems, but they're they're, they're soluble. They're, they're things yeah. that, that, that I, you know, I think are really exciting. Um, and listen, we've, you know, we've clearly just had a pretty incredible period of time. Um, Brexit and then the pandemic. How, how have some of those really big macro issues impacted on the city and how's the how's the city had to had to react in kind and, and and in particular the council so i think the the first thing that we've we've been able to do is as a as an organization is to is to break down barriers both I mean, it's broken down so many barriers and because of i think because of the longevity of the crisis I think hopefully those those barriers are permanently broken down, you know, because we've got used to working in such a way across partnerships with the university, with the colleges, with the third sector, um, in different ways with the with the range of public sector partners who were who we were already working uh, in partnership with. But I think the other crucial thing is is that we've we've been able to internally work much better across the council. We've given a lot more autonomy. Uh, to individuals uh, who had really clear kind of goals in temp through the crisis. And again, I think that's translating into 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 the way we work now, you know, in you know post pandemic, if, if that's the phase we're in. Um, so, you know, that we the things like uh, the way that we created locality hubs where, you know, a range of different services from cross directorates all came together to support local communities. Uh, you know that's now embedded in you know long-term transformational change and the integration of the communities and the housing directorate so that's a kind of example um i also think you know this the 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 change in terms of uh the importance it's it's reset the dial in terms of the importance of environmental quality to to many partners and and how some of the rules and regulations were holding us back in that sense so you know, we made some real progress in terms of pedestrianising streets, mm -hmm. uh, in terms of creating new public squares, um, uh, you know, filling the city with tables and chairs where actually previously the concern was about the heritage impact. But actually, you know, it, it's clearly just had a demonstrable beneficial impact, not only on businesses, but on the vibrancy of the city. Um, and previously, you know, the computer was saying no, and it was fiendishly complicated to get various different permissions you needed and you know we've been able to cut through all that and i think you know in a sense that kind of the kind of the kind of you know existential threat that 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 the the pandemic was facing to businesses and to the city center enabled us to respond in a way that i think will have long-term benefits and just the ways of working now are completely different i mean we've also you know i think uh embraced i mean oxford was a bit behind the curve on things like use of temp meanwhile space and you yeah. know, temporary space and I think um, again you know where we did uh, for a while uh, have quite high vacancy rates we were able to secure quite a lot of money through the LEP to invest in uh, temporary in, in, in a meanwhile program which has you know really started to show success and we've been able to not only 
um, create uh, or utilize empty space better, but we've also um, kind of created a bit of an infrastructure uh, to be able to do that with operators and uh, and different partners now able to kind of continue to build on the work we've done during the pandemic in that kind of use of use of space. Um, and I think probably the other the other the other key area is around our relationship with our tenants. We're a major we're a major city centre landowner landlord and you know we we've kind of i mean we we i mean we busted a gut to kind of i mean we we all had we had a shared interest in terms of keeping business was keeping businesses afloat so that in the long run they were successful businesses able to pay rent but the work we did with them in the short term has been uh incredibly uh important to building that relationship and i think uh you know you know the majority of our tenants now will be here for the long term whereas i think you know in the teeth of the pandemic we were really worried we were going to have we were going to lose a significant uh, uh, number of those tenants. But I think, you know, some of the challenges from the pandemic, I mean, we have a thing called the Oxford model, which means we've set up a number of companies. We're incredibly reliant on income. Uh, and I think, um, you know, we are going to have to change the way that we work. Park and ride would be a good example. You know, I think there's a real opportunity now, you know, many more people working from home. How are we going to reset the dial in terms of the way that we uh, um uh, use park and rides and other transport uh, like the bu the buses and how we support yeah. the buses. Uh, you know that those sort of long that long term thinking is now underway and will change the model from something that that that, that worked pre pandemic but but now won't. Um, and so I think there's there's lots of opportunity there too. Yeah. When uh, Tom, when you first came into to kind of Oxford, and we've kind of touched on you know as you you said, you know part of the appeal was working somewhere that had defined edges. It has got, you know, it is a really, really unique city. It's still got that kind of medieval heart. It's got incredibly diverse demographics. What does that kind of mean for kind of place shaping when, you know, kind of some of those really big issues that you have to face within Oxford that you just touched on? When you're then thinking about delivery, what particular kind of elements do you have to factor in? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I think, you know, on one level, I mean, there's just not enough space to meet, meet demand. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're incredibly fortunate in Oxford um, that there is huge demand for space. But, you know, the, 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 the central issue is there is just not enough space. Um, you know, you touched on some of the issues, but, you know, you could add, you know, flooding, uh, townscape and you know, townscape and heritage you've mentioned, uh, Greenbelt, uh uh, there is just um, there is just uh, yeah it's like fitting a quart into a pint pot um, yeah and I think you know the, the, the and and the central challenge is also then when you've got lack, lack of space it's how you prioritise that space and and how you do that in a way that that creates the right balance we are you know a centre of innovation we are um, uh, and uh, you know it's very difficult to turn off the economy um, in the way that actually you can actually kind of uh, stymie housing development so the economy you know will grow uh, and it will pop up in places typically probably unsustainable places uh, and you know I think we're, we're clear that the, the Oxford for, for a region which is one of only uh, three net contributors to the UK economy uh, is the most sustainable place for um, uh, for employment uh, because of its accessibility. Um, so, uh, and I think you know the other side of that is is that you know the, you can't the economy needs to evolve. You know, it's not you know just to say that 
the economy we have is the economy we should keep. We need to grow our economy to allow it to evolve, to create cleaner, greener, safer, better paid jobs for local people. So so you have these two, you know, pretty diametrically opposed kind of challenges. And, you know, our job, which is which is a great job, but it's a hard job is to is to find the right balance because it's all about balance. We, we do need new homes, but we are also clear as an as a as a as a city council um and many of our partners that we need to we need to grow the economy and we need to evolve the economy so that that tension in terms of space and that tension between jobs and homes is probably the central tension with within the city but you know we're also lucky enough to have you know some of the because of the institutions and the investors in the city we're lucky to have some of the best architects some of the best engineers and um working with this in oxford so that's 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 really exciting yeah other points to make the the city at the moment lacks and this builds on the commercial point i was making earlier the city center lacks a critical mass of people working in it you know you have people working in the university and the colleges uh and you have you know relatively large public sector but sure other than that there isn't a critical mass of um you know office space uh central business districts if you like and and i think that 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 is a problem in terms of city centre resilience. It's a problem in terms of footfall for existing businesses, and I think we need to uh, we need to resolve that. And part of that's office space, but actually part of that is also about getting more people living in the city centre. So it's back to that balance point and yeah. how, how how we find that. Um, I, I guess I mean two other points to make. Um, the, the the first is um, uh, that we also you know you know as a result of kind of planning decisions made in the in the 80s and 90s we have we have quite a lot of that employment that we need in the center on the edges so we have you know not only do we have quite a lot of um you know very successful science and business parks uh, across oxfordshire in the countryside but on the edges of the city we have a business park and we have a science park both fantastic assets but 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 not well connected sustainably uh, and actually really turn their back on the city and the way they've been designed as campuses so I think, you know, I think the other huge opportunity, these are places that employ, you know, thousands of people for the work, you know, uh, are really important to the city is to is to densify, is to make, you know, but densify those areas, but also integrate them into the into the city centre, into the city rather, both in terms of their urban form and fabric, but also in terms of, of, of connectivity. And then finally, I think the challenge is around, you know, um, you know, Oxford, we we have the Oxford flood alleviation scheme, which I think is yeah. central to actually, um, uh, you know, Oxford is real is is a city that suffers significantly from flooding and flood risk, and you know we we you know central part of um of what we need to do is to is to mitigate that risk and working with the environment agency we're putting in place and should be in place by 2030 a a, a really significant flood alleviation scheme which effectively builds a you know a new water course around Oxford that will you know uh, reduce reduce uh flooding for you know thousands of homes and create new development potential especially especially in the city center places like Osney Mead so yeah tremendously exciting but but it's it's, it's part of kind of you know creating using what space we have as uh, as effectively and efficiently as we can yeah um we, we kind of touched on it at the start that that you know Oxford because of its, its kind of history and its heritage and its brand you know people will will no doubt have a, a perspective on uh, I would imagine that that's possibly uh, similar in, in, in Whitehall. And when they were thinking about levelling up, Oxford might not have been one of the locations that they were that they were necessarily had in mind. But, you know, as you have alluded to, actually, 
you know there are there are some real challenges and there are communities and parts of the communities in Oxford that, that are experiencing you know real difficulties so I'd just be really interested because you you know in a in a <laughs> non kind of stereotypical leveling up location what does that agenda mean for um yeah mean for for, for Oxford yeah I mean I you know I mean I think you know, got to support. I mean, the principle of leveling up is 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 one. You know, on the face of it, which is just you know what what's then what's not to like about yeah. wanting to do that. But I think it's quite difficult to kind of disentangle the rhetoric from reality. Um, I mean, and clearly, you know, the sense is that from 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 looking at it from an Oxford perspective, uh, that there is that this is uh, political expediency, and 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 that you know, in a sense. Uh, while we don't, um, while we have no, we'd have no truck with significant investment going into uh, northern cities and and the Red Wall, it's 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 much needed. That shouldn't be at the expense of of investment in a place like Oxford. Um, and 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 I think that's 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 twofold really. I mean, taking the most direct, tangible kind of response to levelling up, Oxford is a place of significant inequality. You know, second most unequal city um, in uh, in 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 the UK, um, uh, and and has some of its some of its wards are in the most deprived uh, um, uh, quartile in the um, in the country. So, so you know, but they're pockets of deprivation rather than large swathes of deprivation. And and I guess there is a concern that um, that those areas will get overlooked because they're next to areas of of, of relative. Um, of relative wealth and I, so, so I think you know that's a concern um, when we look at uh, making leveling up fund bids etc for, for those areas you know I, I, the, 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 there is a concern that those areas are being are being left behind um, so so that's the first thing um, but I think the, you know that perhaps perhaps the, the, the second point is then that um, you know I already mentioned Oxford's you know one of Oxford sure is one of you know three net contributors to the UK economy and you know, actually, the opportunity to both deliver uh, additional revenues for uh, for the UK to be able to then spend elsewhere uh, require investment, um, and uh, without that investment, you're constraining that opportunity. Uh, and then I think um, you know the other the the other piece is around the supply chain benefits. So the amount of innovation that's happening in Oxford. Uh, that will then go on to deliver supply chain that already delivers supply chain benefits and will go on to deliver even more supply chain benefits across the UK are significant. Um, I was, you know, on a on a, uh, a panel with uh, a colleague from from the university who made the point about if we want to have uh, zero carbon aviation uh, in the future yeah, and we want that built in places like Derby, you know that that technology is going to be in, invented in places like Oxford, you know, and and other and other places in the southeast. So, so so you know that that investment now and the and the infrastructure that needs to kind of keep a, keep an economy like Oxford growing yeah. uh, feels to me essential to the broader leveling up yeah. agenda. The I I mean that you know we we you know I'm confident that isn't where uh, central government are at the moment, uh, but we continue to. We continue to make uh, the case um, and, you know, are hopeful that, you know, over time, over time, the dial will turn to some extent. While, while, while completely accepting that the, the, the investment in the north and other areas is absolutely essential for the, for the health of the country. 
Thank you. Um, next couple of questions, Tom, are about you, actually, as, a, as, as an individual. So um, you're one of the kind of the few executive directors of kind of place regeneration in the country that's that's worked in both public and private sectors. So I'm really interested in, in what that kind of dual experience has has meant for you in your career and 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 yeah how it's um how you've been able to use it yeah well i i mean i i mean i really um i really value um the breadth and range of experience that i've had um i mean i i, I do think that i've sort of found my home in the public sector i mean you know, never say never and um uh i'm sure um there are plenty of fantastic and fulfilling opportunities in the private sector but i really feel like you know, don't tell a headhunter to this <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> but i mean you know i really feel i really feel that you know what, what what i'm doing and what i'm able to do in the public sector is really is really um where where i need to be uh, uh in, um, in my career i mean i think from a private sector i mean a lot of my private sector experience is consultancy yes. so you know what that what that has done is give me a great breadth of experience both in terms of scope but also geographical breadth i've yeah. you know worked while i while i haven't done an enormous amount overseas i've worked across the breadth of the the country which i think has gives me you know has really helped in terms of my perspective on some of these issues i'm not not you know, while while I might have been based in London, I haven't been just grappling with issues that yeah. that, that, that London or even the southeast um, uh, has to deal with. Um, I think you know, working in the private sector has given me a strong sense of commerciality. Uh, you know, in terms of you know the bottom line, in terms of you know what clients are expecting, in, and giving me that understanding of where where private sector partners are coming from. And you know, again back to the consultancy piece, I've you know I've I've project managed and coordinated you know, multidisciplinary, multidisciplinary teams, which has given me, you know, good understanding, but also working knowledge of a range of different built environment skill sets. So, you know, whether that's working with surveyors or engineers uh, or designers or architects, um, uh, I, you know, I, I, I've worked with them, I understand where they're coming from, and I've got, you know, a sense of what, 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 what um, some, some, some of the considerations that they will be, they will need to make, and that I think really helps me. Uh, I mean, ultimately, I think that helps me to become a better client. I hope yeah. some of the the people that I'm now a client to would 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 would, would agree with that. But I mean, if I'm honest, I mean, ultimately, what I got frustrated with was was um, and why I kind of really enjoy now the work I do was that. You know, I wasn't able to spend uh, a long time in a place, and I think you know, you know. So the the flip side of getting that breadth of breadth of experience is is that you're kind of moving around a lot, and I think you know that was probably a, that was great for the six or seven years I was doing that uh, um, in the private sector, uh, but but actually you know the ability to stay in one place, build networks, build connections, get an understanding of the place, um, and and also um, you know I was I was doing work discrete pieces of work that I was then passing over to others to deliver and, yeah. and what I really love now is is that you know I'm I'm here for the long haul I'm not you know I, I you know we might commission a piece of work or we might do a piece of work but then we have to deliver it and you know and, and I'm accountable for that which 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 is fabulous but but I mean you know as I say I wouldn't I wouldn't I mean I loved I loved you know all of my time in the private sector um and you know it, it's given me a really good perspective I mean I think from from the public sector the, the opportunities are uh the opportunities you get in the in the public sector are just you know am, am, amazing i mean the public sector can take can take risks um and uh can make investments which you know aren't necessarily just about the bottom line they're about making 
uh, impacts of, for people and broader society, societal benefits. So, so that that is, um, you know, that's that really kind of, you know, uh, drives me. Um, I mean, and we and we have incredible levers. I mean, local authorities. I mean, it's a, you know. Uh, you know, we, we sometimes say we're frustrated by the lack of powers we have, but actually we, we have incredible levers, both in terms of access to land, in terms of funding, in terms of financing, plan making. You know, the, the, you know, some of these levers are quite hard to pull sometimes, but yeah. but they're there and being able to use them in the right way is, you know, is is just is really powerful and is and, and is and is something that um, that I really I really love doing. Um, I, I, I think um, I actually. I was reflecting on this. I, I actually really love working with members, elected members. Um, and I think um, I've been lucky enough in, you know, I've worked um, in Hackney, in Lambeth and now in Oxford, you know, to have uh, members of incredible te- integrity, mm-hmm. you know, value driven, ambitious and ultimately very brave. And I mean, I don't envy their job. You know, they're they, you know, they they really are sticking their head above the parapet. But I really enjoy working with them and, and especially, you know, really, uh, really helping them deliver on their ambitions. And I think, you know, local politics can be pretty frustrating. Uh, yeah. And and um, and that is, um, you know, that is uh, that comes with the territory. But I think if you if you can respect and understand the democratic process and the tensions that that local members are facing, I think that really helps in terms of your understanding and appreciative of of that and insulates you from some of those frustrations because you you kind of understand where where, where they're coming from and you know ultimately I just you know incredible respect for 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 what they what they're doing and what they want to do and that's and I want to support that uh, and I, I mean I guess a couple of other things the um. I mean, I've worked. I've actually been fortunate enough to to work in central government very early in my career, just yeah. you know, as a sort of summer job. Uh, but then regional government as a secondment from from the private sector of the GLA, and now local government. And you know, local government is is just really close to local communities. It's that it's that proximity which you don't get from central and regional government. And um, uh, you know, your it's 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 that frontline kind of delivery uh that gives me a real buzz you know you can see change happening relatively quickly and you can embed yourself um um and 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 get to know the area and i think that ultimately leads to uh to to better decisions Uh, and i think local government is also i mean when local government is at its best it knows what it's good at and it knows what it's not good at and it partners and i think and i think you know that's what i also you know find really exciting about what we do is those partnership arrangements whether that's the private sector or the third sector um you know we're you know as i say when we're at our best we know we can do that but we really need to bring people in to do that and we do that and that's when we really succeed yeah i know because when we first spoke so this was your first executive director director role and it was something that you thought long and hard about actually about you know taking on that additional leadership role so just be interested in those kind of reflections a couple of years on about what the transition was like what surprised you um and yeah i suppose in 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 many ways if you were talking to yourself kind of two or three years ago what would you be what would you be preparing yourself for yeah well i mean it was a it was a big step it was a big step up uh and you know 
I mean, I'm 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 so pleased I I did do it uh, because yeah, I mean, I mean I. I mean, it wasn't just that. It was that I love my job at Lambeth. So yeah. and when when this job opportunity came up, I wasn't actually ready to leave Lambeth. Yeah. I was leaving with, you know, unfinished business. I could have quite happily stayed there for a good number of years. And that would have been my career defining role, I think. Uh, but, you know, I, I've, I've take I've decided to move. And, you know, I mean, th- this this job, you know, will be one. I hopefully will be my career defining yeah. uh, job and I'll be here for for, for, for many years. Um I mean, the thing that I've reflected on is is how much I was actually in my comfort zone uh, at Lambeth. I mean, I love my job. I'm incredibly proud of the things I've achieved working with some fantastic uh, colleagues and, and, and partners. Um, but I think the thing that uh, that has that hit me was the scale and the breadth of of of, 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 of both the job that I've got, but also the opportunity uh, with within Oxford. Um, um, so and and the, the this opportunity to bring together uh, kind of all of the functions, I think, that um, make, uh, you know, good for placemaking. You know, the directorate that that, that I lead includes uh, property, it includes regen, it includes economic development, it includes housing delivery, it includes planning uh, and, and it includes um, city centre management. I mean, these are these are just, you know, bringing those things together has been and seeing and actually seeing the value of, you know, creating effectively one team within the senior management, but also across across all of those service areas has been has been really, really rewarding. You know, and I think I think, you know, we made real we made real inroads into that over over the past few years. I mean, I guess one of the reflections is, well, I love being on top of the detail, uh, but that's just not possible now. And um, so there's less of doing the doing and more of enabling other people uh to do their jobs uh and and that requires creating the right environment to do that and i you know i hope i get that right more often than i get it wrong and that's what my colleagues would say but that that's a real a real lesson for me i i I think um the the other skill here is that it's a constant plate spinning exercise you know it's about it's about keeping all of those plates spinning because you never know when the next you know it's, it's you need to have a strategic plan and we you know i spent a good couple of years working with colleagues to develop the right strategic plans, whether that's through the economic strategy, which we've just adopted, the city centre action plan. Uh, we're just about to go and consult on the West End supplementary planning document. Uh, all of these documents um, supported by the local plan, which we adopted you know, a year and a half ago, I think, you know, are, are critical in setting a trajectory that allows people to then go and deliver. Um, but we also need to be opportunistic within within that, and you know this 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 piece about keeping all those plates spinning, so because you never know when one of them is going to really take off, uh, and that that um, you know it's just um, we had that I had that in Lambeth, but here it's just you know it's like yeah. on steroids. Um, so yeah, I mean it's 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 a fantastic it's a fantastic role, uh, but it's it's um, it's one that I um, you know it's one that I. I'm really uh, I think I'm getting to grips with uh, but it's it's one that I uh, I think will will always find a challenge but, but yeah. only in a very positive way yeah um, and you got the chance to, as you said you know to to, to pull together leave kind of leave as a place shaping and and, and and create a team you know a proper kind of almost place place directorate so if someone was you know looking at a new role or was thinking of kind of coming to Oxford 
What's that? What, what would what kind of team environment would they be joining? What's the professional landscape somewhere like Oxford offers? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, we we touched on it earlier, but yeah. I mean, we're incredibly lucky in the sense that we've got uh, you know fant- fantastic demand for space. We've got really strong values across you know part large parts of the city. Challenges in other parts, but nonetheless. Yeah. We've got fantastic institutions. We've got fantastic investors, developers, architects, operators, brilliant third sector charity social enterprise. So, you know, you're coming into um, an environment uh, in Oxford, the city of Oxford, that is incredibly dynamic, diverse and uh, and is really energetic. You know, there are people want to get stuff done and there's a there's a real appetite to uh, to work together to achieve good outcomes. but, you know, as we've also discussed, it's an incredibly challenging and contested environment. So you need to be, you know, uh, you know, the, uh, one of the characteristics of a, an Oxford City Council officer is you need to be up for that challenge. You know, it's not a, it's not a place to just come uh, and enjoy the um, enjoy, <laughs> enjoy the beautiful architecture and uh, and kind of and, and rest on your laurels. You know, you need to be up for it. Um, you need to roll your sleeves up because it's difficult to get the right things done. Um, yeah. And so. Um, uh, and that's what that's what's expected. I, I mean, our members are brilliant. Our members are a really high quality group of people, but they're exacting. And so yeah. they expect great things. Um, uh, but, you know, they're also enablers and they're prepared to take risks and they're incredibly supportive of officers in getting there. So, um, you know, that is a that's an incredibly positive thing. But you need to be able to. Uh, yeah. Uh, have real respect for our members, real trust in them and a real desire to work with them um, because they add tremendous value. Okay. I think I think the other thing is, is that, you know, unlike I mean, we're city council is a second. We're effectively a district council, but we yeah. we, le- we 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 don't really see ourselves as that. And we lean in wherever is necessary to support what's best for the city centre, for yeah. the city rather. Um, and I wouldn't want that any other way, but it. Um, but it comes with, you know, that ambition means that we are, you know, we're doing things that we don't necessarily need to do because, yeah. or, or, you know, and so that, but but that's, you know, you need that, you know, you you need that drive to go above and beyond, uh, to 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 not necessarily just do the day job, but be able to 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 to, to lean in and, and and step up where necessary. Um, and and I think one one other reflection is that we've um. I mean, we've spent quite a lot of time as a senior management group, and by that I mean the directors and the heads of service, at becoming a team ourselves. So, you know, that corporate, uh, that sense of um, a, a shared corporate agenda, a shared sense of, you know, we've got each other's backs, we trust each other, uh, uh, we're working together to deliver a shared set of goals. We spent a lot of time uh, doing that, and it's really starting to pay dividends. So, it's a fantastic environment to work in, and you know, so I think. Anyone coming in to work in that environment will need, to, you know, will need to, you know, uh, um, will we'll need to jump on board and and yeah. and, 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 and be, be be up for working it as a in that corporate way um, um, very quickly, um, and be up for, you know, change and innovation. You know, whether it's you know some of the pandemic-induced changes that are coming out in terms of new ways of working, flexible mm-hmm. working. You know our approach to customer and customer services and customer satisfaction and the way that we're going to innovate with digital technology uh you know those those things are kind of hardwired into the next two or three years for the city council and they get that will result in change so you need mm. to be up for that 
uh, and you know uh, it feels like we've got a real offer set of, you know good officer core that is really embracing that at the moment so yeah I think you know outward face inherently outward facing as an individual I mean that kind of characterizes a lot of you know our best officers uh, and you know partnership builders collaborators conveners you know that, that you know these are these are all central characteristics of of, of, of some of you know of, uh, of, of officers at Oxford City Council. Okay last question from me Tom so in three years time you and I I come to Oxford and you and I go for a coffee where would you take me and who could I talk to that would demonstrate that Oxford's changed? Yeah well that's a great question <laughs> um, I mean three years is not that far away in development terms but, no. I, I, but I, I'll have a go I mean well, we should have sorted out traffic congestion. I mean, it's an ambitious program, but, you know, within the next two years, we will have, uh, you know, our traffic filters in place, our workplace parking levy in place, subject to government approval. So we'll be able to do a tour on a fast, regular, reliable bus <laughs> network, um, or we'll be able to, you know, walk or cycle uh, in a much more comfortable uh, uh, environment. Um I mean, we, we should have a new permanent civic space, civic square at Broad Street. We you know we've 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 had a couple of we would have uh, last year we had award winning. We made an award winning intervention to create a temporary pedestrianised Broad Street called Broad Meadow. We're working with the county to build on that. But by in three years time, I would very much hope that's a permanent a permanent intervention, which will create a much needed central public square in Oxford, which we lack. And yeah. so we'll, we'll have our first coffee uh, there, I would hope. I mean, you will have arrived uh, at, uh, uh, if you were coming from London anyway, at a new, uh, new platform. Uh, you know, we would have the first phase of Oxford Station will have been built, so we'll have a new platform, a new yeah. track, a new ticket office on the western side. You'll come over a much wider Botley Road bridge, which will unlock a bottleneck in terms of the rail infrastructure uh, for Oxford um, for Oxford Station. Uh, and I would very much hope that the funding and perhaps even the the second phase of Oxford, Oxford railway station is underway with the eastern side of the station being redeveloped, reprovision of a new multimodal interchange, uh, a reduced car park and enabling development, um, uh, perhaps with planning permission. So really exciting change as a gateway to, 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 to the city. Um, and you may well have arrived on East West Rail because that will also be coming into yeah. to, to Oxford uh, by then, at least from Milton Keynes or Bedford. Uh, we'll be able to walk over a new river bridge um, uh, connecting Osney Mead to Oxpens um, and may even, uh, well, we will have definitely be a long way through the construction of the first phase of Oxpens, which is our joint venture yeah. with Nuffield College, yeah. delivering, you know, critical mass of new workspace, but also city centre living. So uh, an amazing new uh, public realm uh, for, for, for the city. Um, I'm sure we'll be able to wander around two or three more of our kind of um, our housing sites that our wholly owned housing company will, will have built. Um, I can think of um, uh, the curve in Temple Cowley, uh, uh, which is you know a couple of hundred homes that will be yeah. uh, will be will be building, which will have been built out by then, and 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 the first phase of the uh, the, the regeneration of the Blackbirdleys uh, uh, estate that we're working on with our partners Catalyst, and so that first phase being. Um, uh, the district centre uh, will be, if not completed, will be uh, very, very nearly uh, done. Uh, and we'll have two new co-working spaces in the heart of the city centre. So uh, the conversion of a retail unit and former dentist practice 
on one to three George Street and then the redevelopment of uh, and, and doubling in space of of, uh, of an employment uh, uh, site at Cave Street. So, you know, really making a big difference and, and working with the LEP, you know, 30 percent of that space will be will be genuinely affordable. Uh, we'll have a partner on board for our urban extension at Grenoble Road, which will be delivering 3000 homes, um, uh, working with Thames Water and Magdalen College. Uh, and hopefully we'll have planning and maybe even the enabling develop enabling infrastructure works underway. Uh, and we'll have, you know, one or two new uh, city centre lab spaces underway. So we'll be able to go and visit the the conversion of the former H&M uh, um, uh, shop over three storeys into lab space um, at the Clarendon Centre. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure that both the business park and the science park will have kicked off their plans to um, uh, build much denser development and started to integrate with the communities with new amenity spaces uh, and, and working at, 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 on um, sustainable transport measures, including including the Cowley branch line, which if we've if we've got our way, will be only a year away from from reopening in 2026, although that feels like quite an optimistic program. <laughs> and then and then I think finally, well, I guess the last two points will be we'll be able to have a beer in the covered market in the evening because at the moment the covered market shuts at 5.30 and We've yeah. got big plans to open that in the evening, working with the traders, changing the mix of uses, uh, creating better open space, better communal space within the market. Uh, and then we'll have opened our new boutique hotel, which is in the conversion of, of the former Boswell's department store, which we funded uh, working in partnership with Reef. And so that will be one of the one of the new hotels that will have will have delivered by then within the city centre. So yeah, so I, I, a lot on, uh, full day. Uh, but but all of that feels eminently achievable. Uh, <laughs> uh, but a lot of work to do, both through the through the planning process and then through the delivery phases. Tom, that's brilliant. 